Welcome to the Portage Health Foundation podcast. My name is Michael Babcock. I am uh, the host of this podcast, and today we are with Nathan Miller from Copper Harbor Trails Club. Nathan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, I am excited to have you on as one of our 18 nonprofits we're partnering with for Giving Tuesday, mm-hmm. um, which of course is coming up on December 1st. If you don't know anything about Giving Tuesday, you should learn all about it because it's a pretty amazing event. But the bottom line is we are asking people to support our nonprofit communities or nonprofit uh, organizations that support our community by donating on Giving Tuesday. So the idea is go to phfgive.org slash Giving Tuesday, um, fill out the donation form, choose um, one or multiple of our nonprofit partners that you want to go to, and that money will go directly to them. The entire money, um, will, the entire donation will go right to them, including any any fees that we would have to pay. Um, if you use a credit card, there's a fee. That, that fee will be uh, not included on this. It'll, all the money that you give will go straight to that nonprofit organization. And then we are matching up to $200,000 in donations that come in between the um, 18 nonprofits. So it's a really cool opportunity to, to have your money doubled um, and, and support these organizations that do so much. So with that, Nathan, welcome to the show. Tell us about yourself. I'm excited for winter. That's <laughs> what's going on right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Copper Harbor Trails Club, we've been working up in Copper Harbor for, since, gosh, the mid-90s on building awesome mountain biking and hiking trails up there. Um, our organization has been around since 2009, I want to say, okay. um, even though volunteers had been building trails long before that. Um, we only really started becoming our own organization uh, in the late 2000s. And ever since then, uh, we've been really growing and doing bigger and better things. Um, the trails have been expanding year after year. We're up to just about 40 miles of mountain biking and hiking trails. And how many trails existed 10 years ago? Oh, I would have to go back and look, but I've seen some really early maps, and it was tiny, the amount yeah. of network that we had. But just in the last few years, we've been adding quite a lot, probably 15, 20 miles in the last decade, I'd say, yeah. if not more than that. Um, and a lot of the new stuff that we've been building is machine-built, so it's been built with mini excavators, trained professionals, um, whereas in the past, a lot of what we had done was all being built by hand. Right. So we can build trails faster, more efficiently, and they're more fun. Well, I, I'm excited to hear all about this. So let's um, let's start reminding people. You can go to phfgive.org slash GivingTuesday to donate to the Copper Harbor Trails Club. Um, we're matching up to $200,000 donations total. Um, you started out by saying that you're excited about winter. Um, and I am, too. I love living up here for the winter. Um, for me, I'm a big hockey guy. I love the hockey stuff. Mm-hmm. What do you do in the winter that has you so excited here? Gosh, I do a lot of everything myself. Personally, I love snowshoeing. That's one of my favorite winter You activities. used to teach a class at Finlandia actually doing that, correct? I still do. You still do. Yeah, nice. I think we, we first met at yep. Finlandia way back mm-hmm. when. Um, yeah, I still teach a snowshoeing class at Finlandia University. Um, we had gotten a small grant to get snowshoes. And so we take people out in the local area for that. Um, but the Copper Arbor Trails in the wintertime, they're all open for snowshoeing. Uh, we don't groom the snowshoe trails because mm-hmm. they're up and down crazy hills in the most pla- for most places. Yeah. Uh, but the last year, uh, the Keweenaw Mountain Lodge started to groom or at least maintain some snowshoe trails. And this winter, uh, they're actually going to be grooming cross-country ski trails oh. um, up and around the Mountain Lodge. And then down in town, there's a smaller network of trails that people have been grooming, um, the locals. Uh, primarily and that goes kind of around town in the fields there out to trails and campground and then last year they started grooming out to Horseshoe Harbor and up to the top of East Bluff and so if you're looking for kind of a more backcountry cross-country adventure um, that's definitely the spot to go. Exciting and is this um, you know that work that's being done is that part of the Trails Club? Um, We're in the early phases of potentially working that into our organization uh, because 
Copper Harbor, it, it's not really too frequented in the wintertime by mm-hmm. non-motorized enthusiasts um, because there just hasn't been any groomed ski trails like we would find at Swedetown or Turning Rapids in Mastahito or Michigan Tech. Uh, but as more people are starting to move up there and live there year-round, uh, we're looking to try and help our community uh, kind of thrive throughout the winter months. Um, mountain biking and hiking is typically a kind of spring, summer, and fall activity, and then winter time has been mostly snowmobiles. And so as more people are starting to move up there, we're, we're hearing them, and we're hearing the locals. They want us to get a little bit more involved with doing more winter trails activities. And so we're hoping to partner with the existing um, it's not even an organization. It's just kind of a, a loose-knit group of people who have been yep. doing this on the side. Kind of like how our trails originally started. It's just people who had a passion for it. Yeah. And we're hoping to kind of roll that in as a committee potentially this year and really let it go. Um, because with our organization behind it, we can help get grants. We can help uh, figure out a lot of their financial stuff, insurance. A lot of these big questions that a small group of people might not be able to figure out on their own. Right, the, a good uh, snow roots effort, if you will. Yep. Um, that's exciting. So one of the things I didn't hear you mention on winter activities is snow biking. Is that something that people do up there quite a bit? Uh, on the, the trails that were going out to Horseshoe Harbor and East Bluff, I know that they were trying to groom those for both cross-country and fat biking. Yeah. Um, and in the future, we're hoping to be able to build out a bigger network of trails that can be used by fat bikes. Um, right now, it's kind of difficult because so many of our trails are built on steep hillsides where it's yeah. tough to groom them. We just get so much snow up north that it's really hard to maintain the compactness that you need for fat bikes. But in the future, we're looking at also building a network of easier mountain biking trails. And so these would be as wide as the table that we're sitting at here, three, four feet wide yep. um, for people that have a nice flatter crushed gravel surface, wider bridges. Um, and those trails would also be available for fat bikes in the winter because we be able to groom them a little bit easier so it's always kind of been a chicken or the egg thing what comes first the easy trails the fat bike trails uh the easy riders the fat bikers and now we're kind of like well we can kind of knock out both of those in the same uh trail once we get that funding rolling yeah so it's going to be a little bit of a long-term process on that but we have a network already in mind to basically connect across our whole system uh both easy trails in the summer and then fat biking trails in the winter Excellent. And this is one of the things I'm hoping to do with this podcast is kind of dive into some of these plans that different organizations have that, you know, there's not a lot of like this is, you know, pre announcements here. You know, they aren't. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of just it's important for people to realize that there's a lot that goes on all year round, all these organizations to plan to make things happen. And that's no different with the Copper Harbor Trails Club, which is you know widely known for the summer activities. That's why I was was excited to hear you being excited about winter. Oh, yeah. And like, like, like where you don't even know exactly what we're going to be grooming this winter. It partially depends on the weather and if we can keep up with it or volunteer availability or whether people are going to be able to travel in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. So I was hoping to get that ball rolling earlier this <laughs> fall. But people usually don't start thinking about grooming until the winter is already here. And it's like, ah, we got to get caught up. Right. So it's kind of fun to uh, you want to bring it up early in the summertime. It's like, hey, we got to think about winter. And nobody's thinking about winter in the summertime. They're just trying to stay afloat up there. Yeah. Well, let's take a step backwards here. Um, tell me about yourself. Where are you from? Uh, how long you been in the Cubana? What what do you what brought you here? What keeps you here? Sure. Um, yeah, I came up here in the mid two thousands. I went to Michigan Tech. Um, I grew up in Pennsylvania in a small town 
uh, called Cowder Sport in the middle of nowhere. Just another Sport. Cowder Sport. I think that's made up. No, C O U D E R Sport. <laughs> okay. Yep, okay. middle of nowhere, little town. Yep. Um, rolling hills and streams out in the woods. So that's what I did growing up. Nice. Um, and then I came up here because Michigan Tech was a nice small town. Originally started in engineering and eventually. I uh, graduated here with social sciences. I got a master's in regional planning from SUNY Albany in New York. And then I came back up here because my now wife was finishing up at Tech. Excellent. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great place to live. I love small towns, and I can do anything I want all year round. That's uh, that, I like that optimism. So um, now you work for the Copper Harbor Trails Club. Yep. Tell me about that position and, and then about the club. Yeah, so I'm our executive director, so I'm our primary staff person um, year-round, uh, full-time job. And then in the summertime, at least last year, we had hired a trails intern to assist with stuff. But this year, uh, with our budgets being down a little bit and we weren't sure how the summer was going to go, uh, we ended up not hiring a, a trails intern. But we're hoping to get that back in the summertime. Uh, but in the meantime, we, we host big, cool events. That's kind of our bread and butter. Cool events, building awesome trails and having fun encouraging people to come up to the Keweenaw. And so our, our events uh, in the springtime are Experience the Keweenaw over Memorial Day weekend, and that's been in partnership with the Portage Health Foundation the last couple of years. Um, it originally had started as Ride the Keweenaw probably a decade ago or so now. Um, the history is a little loose on that because it's always <laughs> just been a lot of group rides with people going to check out local trails from Adventure Mine out in Greenland and Ontonagon County all the way up through Michigan Tech training rapids sweet town and then copper harbor and everywhere in between yeah just kind of seeing what is on offer and so that event with portage health helping us has been really kind of blowing up a little bit bigger on to include more non-motorized trails and activities in the keweenaw and so that's kind of just a way for us and other organizations to show off what we're working on and uh, kind of i don't know showcase the keweenaw a little bit right um and encourage people to come up a little bit sooner on their summer vacations maybe than they normally would because um, mountain biking we like to say it's a, a good shoulder season sport um, you can kind of help out local economies in our area especially um, at a time when most businesses aren't seeing tons of business coming up um, so we're taking advantage of that people are ready to ride in may and they'll be riding up until just about like last week yeah like i saw a, some pictures on facebook people still riding oh recently, yeah so it's it's crazy that's still going, but um, the snow is not taking the stuff yet, and it's mm -hmm. people are making it happen. Yep, as long as people can get on the trails, they will. Um, so it's been a really fun event for us over the last bunch of years. Um, unfortunately, we weren't able to do it this year. It was probably one of the first events to really fall due to COVID right. this year. We did do the virtual, though, and so there's some cool video. Um, so if you want to check that out, there's also a bunch of Trail Genius videos mm -hmm. of all of the trails up there, which are really neat. Yeah. So, yeah, experience the Keweenaw this year. How many videos did we end up doing? It's it, probably six it, or eight. Yeah, it was a few. And mm -hmm. they, they kept going over the summer. And there's some amazing videos showing off the different areas up here. And, and stuff that, I mean, I, I know one of them was in Ontonagon of, uh, of the waterfall hike people took. Yep. I didn't even know that waterfall was there. But watching oh, yeah. that video, I am I was ready to go um, when I went out to Ontonagon this fall for mm -hmm. the summer. Yeah, Agate Falls, Bond Falls, and Okundakun Falls are some of the biggest waterfalls out there, and a lot of people don't even know it. Right. It's, it's uh, a lot of hidden gems in our in our Fort County area that we don't hear about all that much. Oh, yeah. Um, so you are at the um, at the Copper Harbor Trails Club. Um, one of the things that people don't realize, that, you know, you talked a little bit about like how it's a shoulder uh, season. Is that what you said? Mm -hmm. how you said it? 
um, is the economic impact that those trails have had in our area. Tell me about what, what that's been like since you guys have really taken off. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, back in the day, mountain biking, when we first started or when the first volunteers started out in the woods building trails, it wasn't really a sport that people did. Um, you'd take a, a road bike, you'd put fat tires on it, as they called it, and they'd just be a little bit wider than your road biking tires or maybe have a little bit of knobbly tread. But you'd be out there with a bike with no suspension, bouncing along on old two tracks and logging roads. And uh, some of the first pioneers up here, um, Sam Raymond and Steve Brim and Steve Rowe, and they're all out riding these old cruddy looking bikes by our standards <laughs> today, but they're having fun. Um, so they started building all these trails and everybody's kind of looking on weird, like the hikers are like, I don't get the mountain bikers off my trails. But as the sport started developing a little bit more, and uh, companies like Trek and Specialize and others out there started building better and better bikes with better suspension, bigger wheels, bigger tires, uh, frames that were better suited for mountain biking. Um, it started to take off a little bit more. And so Copper Harbor was kind of the first, well, not the first, but it was near the, the front of the wave here in the Midwest on this. And it's kind of cool to be able to say, like, we had some of the earliest, coolest trails in the Midwest. Um, and it's true. And so the International Mountain Biking Association, uh, we were kind of adopted into their chapter program early on. Um, they had a position assisting with uh, getting support for mountain biking trails, not just up here, but in Marquette and Duluth um, and across the upper Midwest, kind of getting this sport off the ground and really helping these small town clubs figure out what they could be doing with their trails, building out a system and encouraging them to kind of work with their community rather than fighting them. Um, in a lot of the early cases with mountain biking, it was kind of a bandit culture in a way um, where people would just be out building a trail on somebody else's property, hoping nobody noticed. Yeah. You'd be out riding in the woods and building your trails with your pickaxe and shovels and <laughs> then you'd be crushing that trail. Um, obviously that's not a long-term solution because you get caught and you get kicked out. Yep. Um, so as mountain biking became more and more popular, it became harder and harder to hide these kinds of trails. So then you're looking for community adoption and working with your local politicians, working with uh, other residents and businesses and landowners to kind of make these trails a little bit more official. Uh, so we've been working on that for a lot of years and we still are uh, working with the the local community up in Copper Harbor, um, trying to acquire more property to either protect existing trails or to gain access for new trails in the future, and especially working with the state. Um, right now, we've got a lot of initiatives with the DNR to try and build out bigger and better trails. That's uh, it's exciting stuff. And, and what if, if you haven't been to Copper Harbor the last few years, um, in the summer, and you used to go a lot. the The difference in Copper Harbor is is very obvious between what it is now and what it used to be. There are bikes everywhere, oh, and, yeah. and, and there are license plates from everywhere with cars that obviously came with their bikes with them. So it's it's pretty cool to see. What I mean, what what do people say when they come up here and see those trails like that and see that community around it? Uh, we're gonna come back because they didn't <laughs> plan a long enough period of time when they first planned their vacation. Yeah, uh, we really like to show how many people are coming up to Copper Harbor, and it's really obvious with mountain bikes because everybody comes up in their their truck or their van or whatever. They've got all stack of truck or bikes on the back or on top of their camper or on the roof, and it's it's hard to hide how many people are coming up north, like you're saying. 
Um, and that's great for us because a lot of the businesses that are in Copper Harbor and in the Keweenaw in general, they give back to our trails. Um, they see the impact that we're making on the local economy up there. We're bringing up tens of thousands of people a month now, um, even through the pandemic. Copper Harbor had their best year ever, which is amazing to see that so many people want to get out and experience the Northwoods and kind of the wilderness-like terrain that we have up there and enjoy it on our trails. Um, it's the best way to social distance. And, I mean, Copper Harbor got slammed, and everybody is glad to be done with that this summer, Yeah. Um, including us. But, geez, like, it, it's really a testament to how cool the trails are that even in the middle of a global pandemic when we – it should all have been staying home. People are coming up here and supporting the local economy. So we were able to kind of direct people to do so as safely as we could, um, feeding people that information that they needed, wear your mask, socially distant on the trails, doing everything that we could. And I mean, we got lucky and like Copper Harbor didn't have a single incident all summer long. Uh, yeah, despite the case jump was it. all after that. Yep. So it's a, it definitely is a good sign for Copper Harbor. I know early on, Copper Harbor residents were very nervous about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Um, so I was glad to see that it took off the way it did because it looked like it was one heck of a year. Every time I drove up there, I was surprised by it. Yeah, we actually delayed our opening because a lot of the local businesses were really afraid of COVID coming up into the, the harbor area. Yep. And we were lucky that it didn't. And businesses that were able to weather the storm in a way. Uh, they, they, yeah, having their best year ever, uh, totally unexpected. Uh, and it was good to see and good to hear that people were able to thrive um, despite all that. Yeah, one of the trails I want to talk about specifically is one that the Portage Health Foundation has helped fund a couple times, um, and it's the Point Trail. Mm -hmm. um, tell me a little bit about that project and what the aim is for it. Yeah, so the Keweenaw Point Trail um, has been kind of a trail that's been identified for almost 20 years now, if not longer than that. Um, but at least officially, it's been on DNR maps for uh, since they acquired a huge chunk of property up in the end of the Keweenaw Peninsula. So you're talking from uh, basically Horseshoe Harbor to the east all the way to High Rock Bay and then wrapping all the way around down to Keystone Bay and Montreal Falls. Um, all that property was acquired in the early 2000s, and they put together a steering committee of different motorized, non-motorized, and sportsmen groups and conservationists to kind of figure out what we want to do with all this new state property that they were able to acquire out there with the help of the Nature Conservancy. And so one of the uh, goals that they had in mind was to build a non-motorized trail that would lead you from Copper Harbor to all the cool spots all along the lakeshore. And so as all good plans do, we made this plan with the community community and the steering committee and then they put on on a shelf and kind of sat there for a while like good plans do collecting dust but everybody kind of remembered the goals of that and so we were early on in what we were working on starting to build some trails up and around copper harbor the trails club got started we started building up what we were capable of and we started fundraising for the first phase of the point trail and so that started on manganese road um, near Manganese Falls, and that would lead you around Lake Fannyhoe. So that was like two and a half, three miles long in the early 2010s, and that was just kind of like, oh, now we're getting started. Like, let's see where is, we can go from here. Is that the trail that's mostly boardwalk type trail? Uh, yeah, it has about a quarter mile long boardwalk yeah. through a cool cedar swamp. Yeah, that's a gorgeous ride yep. going through there. It's easy at that part too, but it gets harder later on. But oh, it, yeah. It's just, that's a gorgeous ride. I know the first time I did that, I was like, this is just amazing. Yep, because you're up on top of a ridge just looking down on Lake Fannyhoe and Fort Wilkins down below, and, and you get an occasional 
peeks through the forest out over Lake Superior, and it's like, wow, we're actually, like, really high up here. <laughs> but once you're in the woods, like, you don't really realize it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, that was the first phase of the point trail. And then we started to work on phase two of the point trail, fundraising for that and getting that built out. And I think the 2015 to 17-ish range, somewhere in there, uh, fuzzy on exactly when because it all kind of blends together with right. how many trails we've been adding. And so that came uh, not too long ago, and that connected f a little bit further up the road along Mandan Road out to High Rock Bay. And so that was about five and a half, six mile long segment of the trail one way. And that would get you all the way out to High Rock Bay. And so business has been booming out at High Rock, you could say. Uh, more and more people are discovering it, both because the trail is there, but also there's the uh, the ATV and truck route that yep. goes out And it's there. a great spot to, to, I mean, it's beautiful and you can use some camping out there legally. Is it legal to camp out there? It is legal. Um, it is state land. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not quite as regulated as it could be right um, but we're working on that yeah uh, with some other partnerships that we can get into yeah um, and so after phase two i mean that just gets you to high rock bay meanwhile the trail was proposed to keep going all the way around the whole keweenaw tip lens out there and so we put in a grant with the michigan natural resources trust fund um, we got money through the Recreational Trails Program, which is federal program, um, kind of got diverted through the state on that. And it's going to be over a $500,000 project, but we're going to be building one of these years, another 16 to 17 miles of trail. Um, so we were awarded those grants uh, like a year and a half ago is a 2018-19 grant cycle. And so we've got the money um, awarded. And right now we're working through the most incredible amount of red tape you'd ever imagine for a <laughs> hiking and biking trail. Um, yeah. I, but it's it's going to be a really cool project. Uh, and part of the problem is that we're building something that is longer than anything that's been done in this region um, and uh, on this scale and in this type of landscape. Um, longer trails have been built um, downstate. Big loops um, like the DTE Energy Trail has several 15, 20 mile loops. But up here, uh, we're talking the middle of nowhere for this trail, uncharted territory that nobody has hardly walked through. And originally when we put this grant in, we, they kind of drew a cool line around the map and it's like, that's where the trail is going to go. looks good. And then we're, we're looking at it now and it's like, that's a, a wetland out there. There's a 30 foot Creek that we got across. You're five, 10 miles away from the nearest road. How do you get a machine in there? So it's, it's a substantial project, right? Um, but once it's going to be done, and it, it will get done one of these years, um, we're, we're excited for the day that it's over yeah. uh, because it's going to be an epic ride for sure. But it's going to take you from High Rock Bay, probably along the shoreline of Shalider Lake up on top of the, a ridge that's out there, drop you down to Lake Superior, um, a little bit west of Keweenaw Point, and then you'll be able to ride the shoreline over to Keystone Bay then eventually get yourself over to Montreal Falls and then go upstream along the river with some really cool glades, some really neat rocky terrain, uh, a lot of stuff that most people never have been able to see otherwise because we're talking a place where there's no roads, yep. um, there's no way to hike through the forest without a trail. So it's going to be a really wild place to be. And once that's all completed, it'll be a 30 to 35 mile loop. Uh, straight from town, you'll be able to go out, do a humongous loop around all these different places, and then come back to where you started. 
And that's going to be a really cool adventure, both for backpackers, but also bike packing, which is kind of a new sport that um, has been growing a little bit more as mountain biking in general has been growing. I could see it. So the loop will finish then. It'll go all the way back from where Montreal is back to Cobber Harbor. Uh, yeah, so the way it's envisioned now, it's going to end at Mandan Road again, just north of the, uh, or like where the Montreal River kind of gets really close up there. Oh, okay. And uh, part of what's been also going on up in Copper Harbor um, is Rock Solid Trail Contracting, who builds a lot of our trails. Yeah, we worked with them this summer yep. on a grant over in uh, Hancock, actually. Exactly, Hancock yeah, Turning Rapids. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're the hometown team uh, as far as trail builders go, and they're actually uh, the biggest trail building company in the whole world right wow, now. Wow. And they got started up with Copper Harbor Trails Club. Yeah. Um, Aaron Rogers was a volunteer of ours and a board president long, long, long ago. And uh, we eventually started hiring him to build trails for us. And then he spun himself off, started his own company. We hired up his company to do this work and kind of went from there. Copper Harbor had a name for itself. And so he was able to put himself on the map a lot with this. And uh, now he's building trails down in Arkansas, Minnesota, all over the state, Wisconsin, everywhere. Yeah. Um, like Rock Solid is huge. And so kind of as a way to... Um, give back to the community where he got started. Um, they bought 500 and some acres on East Bluff, just outside of Copper Harbor. Um, and they've been starting to build more and more trails out there um, on their property, which connects up to all of our trail system. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've been able to close the gap between phase one and phase two of the Keweenaw Point Trail. So now you can ride nearly entirely on single track trail from Copper Harbor all the way out to High Rock Bay where there used to be a road gap in there. Uh, but eventually, assuming everything goes according to plan one of these years, and we're able to build phase three all the way out, um, we're hoping to be able to uh, acquire some more property near East Bluff for public access and then be able to essentially connect from East Bluff down to the end of phase three on the Montreal River corridor. Okay. So big, big, big plans, big yeah. project. We're talking... The middle of nowhere here, but it's going to be really exciting. Well, I um, I've been th- this whole thing is really exciting to me, and I've been drinking that Keweenaw Point Trail Ale to support yep. the project for a long time now. So, um, and on that note, with fundraising, that's what we're here for. Um, the Copper Harbor Trails Club is one of the organizations we partnered with for Giving Tuesday. And if all of this sounds exciting to you, and if you are passionate about Michigan's Keweenaw Peninsula, I don't know how this can't sound exciting. This is really good stuff. Um, I would highly suggest making a donation to the Copper Harbor Trails Club. Um, to do that, go to phfgive.org slash givingtuesday, and the donation will go to them, and we will be matching up to $200,000 that come in. So uh, I want to thank you again, Nathan, for coming in. Um, is there anything else you want to mention before we before we finish up? Uh, how many years have you guys been doing this Giving Tuesday thing? Yeah, this is our fourth year. So and last year we had 248000 in donations wow. coming from our community, matched 150000 So that's why we're up to two hundred this year. So it'll be interesting to see how many we get in this year. So, again, if you want to support the Trails Club, uh, make sure you get out and support that. We're already taking donations now. Yep. And we'll be taking them right through Giving Tuesday itself. Perfect. Yeah, we've got a lot of exciting stuff beyond the Point Trail, things that are closer to Copper Harbor. Uh, we're thinking about maybe updating Daisy Duke's Flying Squirrel Overflow and a couple other sweet trails. That's so. so fun, too. I didn't I get know. up there this year, but I love it. Um, also, where can they find you? Me? Online. Oh, yeah. online. Yeah, we've got our website, copperharbortrails.org, or you can find us on Facebook with just tra- Copper Harbor Trails. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being here, uh, and thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast or find us on YouTube or Facebook. Awesome. We'll look forward to it. All right. Thanks, guys. Cut.
How did we go? We're like getting right towards the end because this had like 29 minutes and 59 seconds and you were at 27 minutes and 50 something seconds. I forgot. Two minutes before it was going to cut off. I forgot that's what happened. It stops at 30. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's that's our limit if we're videoing is 30 because we could have just stopped and started over again. But it's sure we were we we did exactly what I want people to see is these organizations have a lot of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And the more they're so that's that you did exactly what I hope. I mean, it was awesome. Hearing all that stuff is great. That was great. Yeah, I'm like ready to jump on. 